Hallelujah. Well, if you uh, have your Bibles, open up to John chapter 15. And uh, this evening, we're going to finish two weeks ago, I ministered. And again, I just want to say this has been a, a crazy season for our life this summer. And with so much going on, we had some, uh, some things already planned. And then in the middle of that with uh, uh, Sue's dad passing away and, and dealing with family issues and now helping her mom and transitioning and being permanently with us and having to sell their home and doing all things. So we have so much stuff going on. And uh, we just appreciate it feels like that uh, I'm, I'm just kind of in and out here, but uh, it's a season that that's just happening. So I appreciate everybody's grace and understanding. And I'm just, again, so thankful that we have such an amazing team and uh, for people that fill in and help and make things work and everything just keeps running. So I just want to say thank you to everybody and to you as a congregation for uh, understanding where we are and then in the middle of that it just was nice that our vacation came at the end of that because uh, I just tell you we needed a rest and then I got back after vacation and said I need a day off to rest from my day off how many know that feeling amen so uh, just think going but thank you so much for your understanding so two weeks ago uh, I, I began this lesson on the threefold cord of power and then this last Sunday we talked about taking the limits off of God's word and about the power of our spoken word, the creative force of the words that God has given to us. So I want to finish this tonight and give us a couple areas. And if we really get a hold of this and uh, begin to believe that we can speak and some declare some things. You know, the Bible just said about Abraham, he said he calls those things that be not as though they were. So that's making a declaration of change, amen? To call things that are not as though they were is to, call, to declare that things will change, amen? And then being persuaded and agreeing with the Word of God. And there has to come a place in our life where it says that Abraham being fully persuaded, and that's that kind of that hump that we have to get over to be persuaded enough to begin to speak the Word of God and then to believe that when we speak, what we declare will come to pass. Amen? So tonight, Father, we thank you for this time together in the Word. We thank you for what you're going to show us by the power and the ministry of your Holy Spirit. We thank you, Holy Spirit. You're the teacher. So we come into agreement with you. We thank you for the anointing to teach the word. We thank you for ears to hear, hearts to receive. And we desire for our lives to be changed by the power and the truth of your word. In Jesus' name. Everybody said, Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, there on your outline it just said that I'm going to go through the first half of this. Excuse me. Just quickly as a review. In order for us just to, to get back up to speed since it's been two weeks. But uh, Ecclesiastes 4.12 is, is the principle that we're standing on. One standing alone can be attacked and defeated. But two can stand back to back and conquer. Three is even better for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. And it's interesting if you ever do number studies in, in, in the Bible. It's amazing how interesting it is to study what numbers mean in the Bible. But three is a divine principle, and three is the number of completion. And so when God speaks about three, he's speaking out about divine completion in that. And uh, years ago, as I first began to study it, it was powerful just studying the number three. And then I began finding all these principles of three and all these patterns of three in the Bible. When you find those, I, I, I love, like I said Sunday morning, the Word of God, when, when it's in our life and when we speak it, the Word's not a container, it's a key. Amen. And so when we speak it, it's, it's the, the key that unlocks heaven and releases his provincial, but potent, or his potential and his fulfillment into our lives. But at the same time, there, there, are, there are other keys in here. There are principles and truth that are keys that unlock our understanding of the word and how the word works. Amen? And one of those is this threefold cord of power that has to deal with the word of God, which produces our faith, the name of Jesus that gives us our authority and power, and the confession of the believer, which becomes the creative force when we mix the word of our faith through our confession and agreement. Hebrews chapter 3, we don't have time to read it uh, all the way through chapter 4. It's amazing because it says, chapter 4 begins like this. It says the same, think about this in the Old Testament. It says the same gospel was preached to them as to us. 
The same gospel was preached to them as it was to us, only it didn't benefit them because they didn't mix it with their faith. And if you go back and see what that means, the way they didn't mix it is through what they spoke out of their mouth. You mix the word of God with your faith because faith has to speak. You're speaking by faith. We're created. We actually live by faith. And we're speaking whatever our faith is. So whatever you have faith in, if your faith is in medicine, if it is in fear, if it is in worry, if it is in anxiety, whatever it might be be in, you're giving a voice. You're you're speaking that by faith. You're, You're in agreement. You're declaring that. But when we make our faith the truth of God's word and we begin to speak the word of God and we just do what Jesus said, like I said, we're going to speak the word only. Amen? And then begin to declare that, things begin to happen in a great way. So we mix the word with our faith. So look inside your outline. The threefold cord of power is this. It, it, it's a cord of power and of victory. The word of God, what is, is it? It is a source of truth, a source of faith, a source of knowledge. How many know it says faith comes by what? Hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so it's a source of understanding and it's a source of direction for our life. The name of Jesus is the source of authority, the source of power and permission. How many know the Lord gave us permission to use his name, to speak in the authority of his name? And then three, the third chord is your words or your confession. A source of agreement. Your confession is a source of agreement. It is a source of creation and a source of completion. And that's so important for us to understand. Many times the only thing lacking in our word, it lacking is our word of agreement with his revealed word of truth. So God speaks it and then it's up to us to agree by speaking. By confessing it, by declaring it. Amen? It's our word of agreement. I agree. To declare, I am the healed of the Lord. Amen? I am delivered. I have the mind of Christ. Just to say, I am a new creature in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away. All things become new. Amen? I don't have the mind of this world. I'm not discouraged. I'm not depressed. I'm an overcomer. Just to agree. Just to speak in agreement. Amen. So many times the only thing lacking is our word of agreement with his revealed word of truth. See, we can miss the point that the spoken word of man in the earth is a God-given power in the life, God-given force of creative power in the life of the believer. This is what, if we could just get each and every one of us, I do it and, and I challenge myself, I need to be directing my word, more consciously directing my words, because my words are a creative force. And we're creating our life. We're, we're, we're just affecting everything by the words that we speak. They're so powerful, as we said Sunday morning, that where Jesus said in Matthew chapter 12, that our words... We're going to be held in judgment for our words. And we give an account for every idle word. And words of blasphemy even carry over, not not just this age, but in the age to come. So words are so powerful. And if we understand that, the other part of that is the devil knows that. The adversary of our soul knows what it is. Now, now I want you to keep this in mind. When God declares some things, we're going to read some things in here about confession, about the fruit of our lips, and about our word. The devil, how many know the Bible says the devil is the accuser of the brethren? And so the devil has the right, this is what you need to understand, the adversary, your adversary, which says he go, the, the, our devil is a roaring lion who goes about seeking for those whom he may devour. Okay, he's looking for people to devour. So how does he find somebody to devour? A lot of times he just has to listen because your words, God has declared some very specific things about how we talk. And so the devil can call us into accountability, especially when we are in covenant with God through the blood and through salvation. Amen. So we're born again and we're in covenant with God and we're standing on the word. And so the, the, the devil say, hey, you know what, God, you're accountable to your word. You're accountable to your word. You said in your word. How many know when, when the devil tempted Jesus in the wilderness, he started out by tempting him with his flesh. He'd been fasting for 40 days and hadn't eaten or drank anything. He says, oh, if you're the son of God, turn these stones into bread. 
And so Jesus said, no, uh, you, you know, man does not live by bread alone. And it is written. Jesus said, it is written. So therefore, oh, we're going to use it as written. So he used the word. So then he began to use the word against Christ to try to turn it. Oh, the word says, the Bible says, if you're the son of God, throw yourself down and his angels, given his angels charge of you and you won't die. So he, he appealed to him in the pride of life. I mean, are you with me? And so the devil twists the word and he gets us to operate on the word and use the word improperly. Then he can bring us into accountability for the word. And then God has to deal with this according to the truth of his word. How many know God can't alter his word based upon his emotions towards us? God does not change truth based upon emotion. He can only operate by the truth of his word. And so it's so important. So here we have this creative power, and we need to be able to speak it and declare it. See, this is true for all of humanity. All of mankind is created in the image of God, and their words are creative for, are the creative force of their life. Your word, my word, shape my life. Everything we've ever done. We, we, we have a Lord's gym because we began to say, we're going to have a Lord's gym. This church exists because we said, we're, we're going to build a building here. Everything we do, you begin to speak it and declare it. That's a creative force. Are you listening to me? So important that we understand that. The creative force of our word. See, faith, you could write this down on the margin there of your notes. Up. Faith must believe and become fully persuaded. If we're going to be people of faith, I must believe and I must be fully persuaded enough to speak and declare the word of God. I have to speak and declare God's word. Think about it. All of mankind is created in the image of God and their words are the creative force of their life. In the life of the believer, we have the word of God to give direction and authority to what we speak. God's word directs what our speech is supposed to be. What I declare on the earth of God's word in the authority of Jesus' name will come to pass. And when I settle that, we're so time-oriented. And, and part of the word of the Lord this evening was just that. Hey, God is working, but it works about. And so many times when things are happening, uh, the, the, one of the best illustrations I can give to you is, is just like with the Lord's Gym. I had it in my heart before we moved here to be pastors here to do something just like the Lord's Gym where we were pastoring. And I presented it to the congregation. I presented it to the leadership of the church there. This is what we need to do. Let's go out on this property that we own. Let's build this great facility for young people, a great place where young people come. We could reach out to young people. This could be awesome. And that was a catalyst in me, and it stirred in me that vision. And so we go through this whole thing. And then when we're opening the Lord's Gym here, it was 17 years later. We had been here for 17 years. And then... I'm, we had a banner right there where the prayer was that said, Opening soon, Lord Shim of El Dorado County. And I'm standing there where, where, where on, on my side where I sit before service, and I look across the room in the worship service, and the Spirit of God said, spoke up and said this in my spirit. I put it in you there for here. And so from there to here to now was just 17 years. Are you with me? But what he put in me there came to pass here. And so many times God puts that in us and we begin to speak the vision. We begin to declare the dream. And then you go, wow, that's going to come to pass next week. That's going to happen so fast. No, it's still a creative force. You're still declaring it and you're still speaking it. But then the, 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 the turnaround, we, we trust God. God works. The Bible says that he works all things together for our good. And so there's stuff that has to happen. I remember when Daniel prayed. When Daniel prayed, he, he's asking God for the answer. And he's praying for three weeks. Waiting for the answer. And then when Gabriel finally shows up, Gabriel says, hey, the minute you prayed, the moment you prayed, I was sent with the answer. But on the way from God to here, I had to fight through the principalities. I've been fighting demons and fallen angels to get to you. In fact, I was fighting so hard. Michael came down and took over, and he's fighting, and I slipped out of the battle. I run down here to give you the answer, and now I go back, go back and kick some more devil hiney. 
Amen. But, 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 but he said, in three weeks, there, there, there was a three-week battle that took place. And so there's things that happen in the realm of the Spirit and around and, and that, that many times, it, because of the time factor, we give up speaking the Word of God. And we give up believing in the creative force of our Word. Speak it, declare it, and believe that what you speak will come to pass. Amen? Don't let go. So I must work to block out every other thought. I must renew my mind to the truth of His Word, or I will never speak His Word in the authority of His name. Hear this. Renewal is the key to having God's creative Word flowing through my life as a creative force. Because a lot of times people, uh, I'm trying to remember who I said it years ago. Uh, maybe it was Mike Murdoch. I don't remember. I, th- I think it was. He said that. He said, when God wants to bless you, he'll send a person into your life. And when the devil wants to curse you, he'll send a person into your life. <laughs> Amen. And so many times you're trying to believe God and you're standing on the word of God and trying to believe it. And then people being saying, well, that's kind of crazy. If God was going to do it, why hadn't he done it already? And next thing you know, good people, friends, and I'm, how many know what I'm saying? People around you are going to do that. It's, it's just like Jairus went to get Jesus, and he said, Jesus, if, listen to what he said. He said, Jesus, if you'll come to my house, my daughter's dying, but if you'll come to my house and pray for her, she'll live. He said, okay. And so on the way, they get interrupted. Jairus is going, woman, wait your turn. Woman with the issue of blood. But anyway, he's going. And so in the process of getting there, after the woman with the issue of blood gets healed, and then they get back on their journey to Jairus' house, then the, re- the, 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 the report comes from his house and says, Hey, don't bother the teacher anymore. Your daughter is dead. Amen? But he had said, Jesus, if you'll come to my house and pray for my daughter, she will live. Jesus said, Okay. Amen? I'll come. So the Lord already told him, He had received his request. His daughter was already healed. The moment Jesus said yes, she was healed. Do you understand that? The moment he said yes, she was healed. But Jairus is in the process. And in the middle of the process, this word of discouragement comes. And was so powerful that the minute they said that, Jesus turned to Jairus and says, Hey, keep believing. That's what they said, but I said I would come to your house. I agreed with your request. Keep believing. Regardless of what they're saying, keep believing. The only way you can do that is renew your mind to believe the Word of God. Are you listening to me? Stay on the Word. And then when it gets to the house, everybody, Jesus walks in. She's not dead. She's asleep. And the Bible said they, they laughed him and they mocked him. And so Jesus said, okay, all you flakes, get out of here. And he said, Every, everybody, get out of here except mom and, mom and dad and James, Peter, James, John, and you guys come with me. And they go in there and Jesus speaks to her, raises her from the dead. Amen? And so sometimes you, you, you have to politely get the whalers out of the way. The whalers and the mourners and the people. There's a polite way, but there are people that are in your life and they're speaking contrary. And so you get that, but the enemy always comes to bring a word of discouragement and to get you to give up on the confession of your faith. The Bible says we're supposed to hold fast to the confession of our faith. Are you with me? But that only happens as you renew your mind and believe in the creative force of God's word working through your life. So here we are at point number two. The enemy comes to invade the thought life of humanity. You heard me talk about it a couple weeks ago where Brotherhood would talk about the think bombs. The devil just comes with this think bomb and he gets you to think about it. Once you prayed for it and believed God and stood on the word of God, quit thinking about it. Just keep thanking God for it. We're going to show you something powerful here tonight out of Hebrews. The devil's purpose is to break your thought line of defense in your reasoning. Go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. I want you to see this because this is all how to... uh, Years ago, Tim LaHaye wrote the book, The Battle for the Mind. Anybody remember that? That the battle is for your mind. And, and, And if the enemy can get in your head... And get you thinking and get you reasoning in your head instead of believing in your heart... 
See, how do you get saved? You confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart and you shall be saved. You confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart and you shall be saved. You confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart and you shall be saved. The word saved there is the Greek word sozo. And it doesn't just mean salvation. Salvation and having your sins forgiven and being brought into right relationship is one part of salvation. When blind Bartimaeus said, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy upon me. Jesus told him after he opened his eyes, he said, your faith has saved you. He didn't say your faith healed you. He said your faith has saved you because healing is a part of your salvation. And so when it comes to healing, you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth. When it comes to deliverance, you believe with your heart and you confess with your mouth. When it comes to provision, you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth and you shall be saved. Are you listening to me? So important to understand. The the word sozo literally means this, when it means saved. It means every benefit bestowed by God upon man through Christ. To be saved means to be the recipient of every benefit bestowed by God on man through Christ. So when I say I'm saved, I'm declaring I'm the recipient of every benefit that God has bestowed upon humanity through Jesus Christ. All right, thank you for that enthusiasm. I'll try, to give you, I'll try to give you some good news before I'm done. Amen. So what? 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Are you there? I'm not. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not what? War according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not what? Carnal. They, they, they are not naturally minded. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Strongholds are, 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 are reasonings in your mind. They're, they're thought processes that contradict the Word of God. That move you off of agreement with God's word. Sown there by the enemy. Look at verse 5. Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge or the truth of God's word. Look at this. Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. So the enemy comes to stop you even before you get started. So his purpose is to break through your line of defense. That's why Romans 12, don't be transformed, conformed to this world, but be transformed by renewing your mind. Amen? So his goal is to stop you before you can get started. Now, we can all from time to time be distracted, discouraged, and reluctant. Everybody deals with that. That's part of the process. We're in the process of putting off the old and putting on the new. As long as you're walking through this life, you're going to be in the process. I am saved. I'm being saved. I shall be saved. That's where you're at. I am saved. I am Today I'm being saved. And tomorrow I shall be saved. And the process, hopefully we're moving forward. Some people just get in, I am saved. Well, don't stop the process. Keep being saved. Amen. There, there, there are so many scriptures that talk to us uh, uh, that, that we are going on to the complete saving of our souls. Amen. The complete renewing. Your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotion. Receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your soul. The moment you are born again, your spirit is made alive unto God. Now we just got to get your soul saved. Your mind, your will, and your emotion. How many know that we just read about our mind? Our minds, bringing our minds into obedience to Christ. How many know that doesn't happen overnight? You've been conditioned to think a certain way. That's why the statistics say 84% of people who don't get saved by the age of 19 do not get saved. Because the longer you get locked into a pattern of life, it gets harder. That's why reaching young people, reaching out to young people is so important. Because the longer you develop your thoughts and your reasoning, you, 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 we just get such a wall of defense. Amen? So it's so important. See, I doubt that anyone has ever lived to their full potential and cry. Peter had his outbreaks on both sides. Excited for God, failing. 
One day up, one day down. We, we've all been there. Elijah was the same. Elijah's killing 400 prophets and then running from a demon-possessed woman. One day he can kill 400 prophets and then one woman says, I'm going to kill you, and he runs and hides in a cave. Amen. That was some bad chick. Amen. She must have been really big or really ugly and scary. Something that made her more scary than 400 prophets. I, I don't know anyway. <laughs> but he just had a bad day. So, see, no one can really say, look at me, except Jesus. How many would agree? John chapter 15. I asked you to turn you there a long time ago. But go back to John chapter 15. So I want to talk about the abiding principle for just a few moments tonight. And then we're going to go on to a couple other things. John chapter 15. Read the first seven verses. Psalm chapter 15, verse 1. I'm the true vine. My father is the vine dresser. So look at this. Jesus said, I'm the vine. My father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me. So there's the vine, the vine dresser, and the branches. Amen? I mean, oh, there's three right there. There's the vine, the vine dresser, and the branches. Okay? Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes. That it may what? Bear more fruit. So what does God want for our lives? More fruit. Amen. Everybody look up here. Let me just be real bold real quick. More fruit is not your personal development. More fruit. The only fruit that the kingdom of God talks about is souls. The purpose of God for our life is that we would be great soul winners. You need to get your faith wrapped around not just getting your life fixed, but letting God use you. Amen. If I would have waited to get myself straightened out, I, I could have never been in the ministry. I have to believe that while I'm getting involved in reaching people and reaching out to people, that God will work on me. Amen? So we get so busy trying to fix everything, and then one of these days, we'll do something for God. No, the Lord will do the pruning, but He wants us to bear fruit. The fruit of the kingdom is souls. Look at what he said. You're already clean because of the word which I spoke to you. I mean, no, Ephesians says it like this, that we've been washed by, we're made clean by the washing of the water of the word. Okay? Look at verse 4. Abide in me and I in you as a branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. The word abide there means to live in, settle down in, take up residence in. I'm the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me you can do what? Nothing. Verse 6, if anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered, and they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. How I many know oh, that's an awesome promise right there? Look what Jesus said through abiding. Here again, our words, our confession... <laughs> Through abiding, when I abide in Him, I'm abiding in His Word. I'm living in His Word. I'm receiving His Word. And so when I'm asking, I'm not asking crazy. I'm not asking messed up things. I'm asking for the Word to be fulfilled in and through my life. Amen? And when I'm confessing and speaking the Word, God's always going to perform His Word. Praise the Lord. So think about it. Three is God's number of perfection. Everything God does is based on a principle and according to a pattern that he has set forth in his word. Here it is in John 15. The vine dresser, the vine, and the branch. And when the principle is applied and the pattern is followed, it always produces much fruit. Amen. Now, let me just talk to you for a moment about the fruit of our lips. Go with me to Isaiah chapter 57. Are you ready for this? All right. I'm just being polite and ask. I'm going to say it whether you're ready or not. Isaiah 57. And verse 19. It says this. I create the fruit of the lips. I create the fruit of the lips. Peace, peace to him is far off, and to him who is near, says the Lord, I will heal him. Look what God just says. I create 
the fruit of the lips. I create the fruit of the lips. In other words, God says, I gave you the power of speech. I will create what you say. I, I said it two weeks ago when we were doing that. God spoke in Numbers chapter 14. God told those who murmured against him in the desert. You said I brought you out here in the desert for you to die and to perish. He says, I will do you will perish exactly what you said. I will do exactly what you said. I will create the fruit of your lips. You will perish according to the fruit of your lips. I'll create that. Now, when I think about that, God is creating the fruit of my lips. And Sunday morning when I was talking about that, it's important that we make people accountable to us. That, or that we make ourselves accountable to somebody and say, hey, am I talking right? Am I, am I speaking right? And the only way to do that is not somebody to check everything you say, but while you're talking, tell somebody, hey, if I'm saying something wrong, just tell me I agree. When I begin speaking negative, creative words, destructive, creative words over my own life, just speak up and say, I agree. I'll never get this right. I'll never get a better job. I'll never get out of this situation. I agree. Just ask somebody to agree with you. They, they don't have to be the confession police. But, but just hearing that term, in fact, it was funny. Uh, my son Austin, they, they left this morning flying back, but it was uh, Monday evening. We're sitting around the house and doing something, and I said something, and he just turned around and said, I agree. <laughs> I said, hey, I'm the preacher, not you. Just back off. No, I did I said, but, but think about that. If you, but, but really, it'll catch you. Ask somebody. Make yourself accountable. Because we don't. And we, and we speak so many negative things. In life, we just constantly are speaking negative. And we're speaking fear. Job said it like this. The thing which I feared the most has come upon me. How did the devil know how to attack Job? If you go back and read it. By what Job said. Job said, Job was constantly offering sacrifices for his children because he was afraid they were doing stupid stuff. And he was afraid they were going to die and doing everything else. And, and Job said, yeah, the thing that I have feared the most has come upon me. All right, moving right along. So watch this. So we bear, go, go, go with me to Jeremiah chapter 17. Verse 16 says, as for me, I have not hurried away from being a shepherd who follows you, nor have I desired, desired the woeful day. Look at this. You know what came out of my lips. Let me put you like this. Here's what's important. When I'm praying, when I'm asking God, when I'm seeking God, make sure you don't get up and cancel it by the next thing out of your mouth. Okay. James said it like this. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Don't let that person think they'll receive anything from God. God can't deal with that. God deals with this word. I, I have to stay singular in what I'm declaring. I have to declare. God knows what comes out of our lips. See, we bear fruit by the words of our mouth. Abiding in Him is living in and speaking His word. Jesus said, you and me and I and you. Ask, speak, and it is done. That's what He said in verse 7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, then you will ask what you will and it shall be done to you. He's telling us how to bear fruit. Abiding in Him and Him in us through the Word. I live in Him. I live in the Word. The Word, He's the living Word. I live in the Word. I heard the great statement. I wish I could remember who, for, I, who I first said it. But John chapter 1 says that in the beginning the Word was with God and the Word was God. And verse 12 says, or verse 14 says, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. We're just in that in reverse. We are flesh becoming the Word. Do you get that? You and I are flesh, we're, we're natural, but we're being transformed and renewed by the living Word of God. So we're flesh becoming 
the word. Hallelujah. So Jesus gives that a part. Abide in me and I in you. You will ask what you will or you will speak and it is done. You cannot bear fruit unless you are connected. The word of God is our connection. See, the fruit of my life will always be directly connected to my spoken words. Your life. If we just back up and examine our life, just start changing what you say. It's funny, we, we have a, 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 a friend of ours who, a uh, dear friend of ours, and, for, and with many wish with us for a lot of years, and moved to Sacramento, now lives in Stockton, and so she watches the broadcast. So I'm at lunch on Sunday, and I get this text. Thank you for that message. I had to repent over my words. Things I've been speaking, things I've been saying, and it challenged me. So thank you for speaking the truth. But we, we all, just like when my son said to me, I agree. We all, none of us are perfect. We deal with that, but it's a battle. But we have to understand our words are so powerful, and the devil knows that, and he wants to keep us from speaking life. So the fruit of our life is always connected to my spoken word. There's no reference in the word of God to anything happening apart from what comes out of my mouth in agreement with his word. You'll find God just acting independent. God is constantly getting people to speak in agreement with his word. And when they do, the answer comes. And so it works in our life that way. Are you with me? Jesus says you cannot bear except it refers to being connected to him and the fact that fruit comes out of me. We read it Sunday morning. Listen to what he said. Matthew 12, 33. Either make the tree good or make it evil. You either make the tree good or make it evil. And a tree is known by its fruit. So if his word, that, that's why being a people of the word is so important. That, uh, that's one of the most scariest things to me today is when I see the lack of interest in the word of God. People don't want to listen to teach. People say, well, I don't want to sit and listen to the word being taught for an hour. I'd rather watch a stupid movie for three hours. I don't want to hear the life of God for an hour. Oh my gosh, how could I listen to it? How can you stand to listen to the word for an hour? You know what I'm saying? So now we have church services where the whole service is barely an hour. Amen. Okay, bye. Okay, and people go... How come all everything break out? We, we, we have nothing in us. See, I'm kind of like the Apostle Paul. I could preach all night. You could fall asleep. I'd wake you up. I'm not done yet. Paul preached all night. The guy fell out of a window and died. Paul went downstairs, raised the guy from the dead, said, get back up here. I'm not done yet. This is only point one. Amen. Huh? Amen. And then we went. It's amazing. Amazing. Another place, Paul was preaching. How many know faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God? So I have to be hearing. The, the, the original translation says, faith comes by hearing the message that is contained in the word. Not just hearing the word, but I have to hear what the word is saying. I have to hear the message contained in the word. And it has to get in me. When it gets in me, it generates faith. So Paul is preaching and, and, and looking out into the crowd. He perceived that a young man had faith that was crippled. He said, stand up and be healed. And the guy stood up and was healed. Because you could see that the word had gotten to a place where, where faith had come alive on the inside of him. And then Paul spoke. And the man was healed. Are you with me? Awesome. So watch this. So you cannot bear fruit unless it comes uh, uh, Without being connected. The fact that fruit comes out of me. I have to understand that fruit comes out of our life. And we either make the tree good or I make it evil. I produce the fruit by reason and virtue of being a branch connected to the vine. When I'm connected, he's the vine. The vine produces the branch by connection produces from this resource of the vine. See, divine connections produces divine results. The word of God is the truth. The name of Jesus is our authority. And all is needed, that is needed, is someone to speak. That's all it takes, is for us to speak. And actually, this is the ABCs of faith. But go with me to the book of Proverbs. We're kind of going to go backward. But we want to start in Proverbs chapter 18. I want you to hear a few verses. 
Proverbs chapter 18. And let's say this. Proverbs 18, verse 20. A man's stomach shall be satisfied from the fruit of his mouth. And from the produce of his lips he shall be filled. Wow. Verse 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Those who love it will eat its fruit. What is that? Either life or death. I'm either speaking life or I'm speaking death. Whichever one I love is what I'm going to eat. Are you with me? So I'm, that, that, it's funny, I was talking to my neighbor across the street in the cul-de-sac where we lived there, and uh, we, we were both washing our cars the other morning, and uh, so we just got, I don't even know how we got talking about stuff, we were just talking, so he's watching, I'm watching, we're yelling across the street at each other, and, uh, but it's just that, and, and so in a part of our conversation, I said, yeah, you know, it's funny, I said, isn't it amazing that God tells us, I set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. And then he's so afraid that we won't even make the right decision after he says that. How, how, how tough could that be? I set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Choose life. It's amazing that he even had to say that. <laughs> Amen? Why? Because life and... Look at... And so, so listen. If you take that in connection, when he says, I set before you today life and death, blessing and cursing. Choose life. How do you choose life? By what you speak. Because God said, I've given you the responsibility and the accountability of speech. Which is why Jesus said that we will give an account for every word. By your words, you'll be justified. And by your words, you'll be condemned. So when when I understand the gravity of that, now, the Lord says... That our stomach is satisfied and that death and life are in the power of the tongue. Wow. I mean, no, pretty important. Amen? Amen. So watch it. Let's go to chapter 16. I'm going to not follow the order that's in your outline there. We'll work our way backwards to chapter 10. Go to chapter 16 and look at verse 21. It says this. The wise in heart will be called prudent. And sweetness of the lips increases learning. Right words increase learning. I found like this. If you just talk right, you get smarter. Basically, what the Bible said. Amen? Now what? Look at verses 23 and 24. The heart of the wise teaches his mouth and adds learning to his lips. The heart of the wise teaches his mouth. Or Jesus said it like this, out of the abundance of the heart, what? The mouth speaks. So the heart of the wise will teach his lips. Your heart will govern and teach your lips and adds learning to his lip. Verse 24, pleasant words are like a honeycomb, sweetness to the soul, and what? Health to the bones. Wow. So my words even affect my health. Amen. And it's so important. One of, the, one of the biggest battlegrounds that we have when it comes to speaking about our personal health. That's a huge battleground that all of us face. And so learning how to speak life and to speak right about that area. Are we doing okay? All right. Let's go to chapter 12. Chapter 12 and verse 13 and 14. Watch it. The wicked is ensnared by the transgression of his lips. The wicked are snared by just saying the wrong thing. But the righteous will come through trouble. A man will be satisfied with good by the fruit of his mouth. And the recompense of a man's hands will be rendered unto him. How many know we're just reading a lot of verses that tell us it's a benefit to talk right? Amen. I like that. And then look at verse 22. Lying lips are an abomination to the Lord. Uh-oh. Those who deal truthfully, though, are His delight. So speaking truth or speaking lies. I don't know about you. I would rather be the delight of the Lord than an abomination to Him. <laughs> 
I'm not quite sure what that means in its totality, but I just think it'd be wisdom to choose delight over abomination. How many would agree? Amen. Now watch this. I'm not a smart man. I like Forrest Gump. I'm not a smart man, but I can figure that out. Amen. Now watch this. Go to chapter 10. Are you getting any of these? Is it good? Okay, watch this. Chapter 10. Look at verse 11. Chapter 10, verse 11. The mouth of the righteous is a well of what? Life, health, strength. But violence covers the mouth of the wicked. Wow. Look at verse 13. Wisdom is found on the lips of him who has understanding. But a rod is for the back of him who is devoid of understanding. How many know that's not a hard choice to make either? Amen. All right. Look at verse 19. In the multitude of words, sin is not lacking. Amen. What's that quote that Mark said, Mark Twain said about? Keep your mouth shut and keep everybody guessing whether you're a fool or not. Open your mouth and remove all doubt. Amen. It's something, that's a paraphrase, but it was something like that. Amen. In the multitude of words, sin is not lacking. But, but, but look at this. He who restrains his lips is wise. James said, be slow to speak and slow to anger. Amen. Be slow to speak and slow to anger. Amen. Hallelujah. Look at verse 21. The lips of the righteous feed Many. Wow. The lips of the righteous feed many. But fools die for a lack of wisdom. Wow. And then verse 32. The lips of the righteous know what is acceptable. But the mouth of the wicked what is perverse. I mean, that's just a sample out of Proverbs. I went through my other Bible. I go through and, and things like that. I'll put a red dot on everyone that has to do with speech or do other things like that. And so my other Bible, that my devotional Bible I have at home, I went through and every time it said anything about words or words that come out of your mouth, that, then I highlighted those verses in a special way. So as I'm going through problems, I go, okay, those are reminders about what comes out of my life. I mean, you know, the, the book of Proverbs is the book of wisdom. Amen. And so it's just best when there's so much, there's so much said about our words in just the book of Proverbs. It's amazing. Look there in your outline is Hosea 4, 1 through 2. It says, take with you words and return to the Lord. Take with you words and return to the Lord. Say to him, render the calves of your lips and pay the confession of your lips. Now that's King James, so that sounds a little, little funny. The new King James says like this, say to him, receive us graciously for we will offer the sacrifice of our lips. Wow. Now let's bring it over in the New Testament. Turn to Hebrews chapter 13. Now my job is just to teach and to give you the truth. Your job is to decide what to do with it. This is what I said to all my kids. I have one responsibility. To teach you to know the truth. My job is to teach you the truth. I can't make you choose the truth. I can only teach you the truth. You decide and make your choice. Amen? And so, listen to what this said. Verse 15. Therefore by him, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name. Now let me put this in context from what we're doing. When we're speaking, when we're praying, and we're confessing our faith and making our declaration of our faith, then go to the Lord with words. And say, receive us graciously, for we will offer the sacrifice of our lips. From that point on, 
Once you've declared it, then just offer thanksgiving. Let the words out of your mouth not be, when's it going to happen? When's it going to come to pass? Why is it taking so long? Amen? Just offer the sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving to His name. Thank you, Lord, you're working on my behalf. Thank you, Lord, all things are working together for good. I thank you. There's things happening behind the scenes. Glory to God. You said you've given your angels as ministering spirits under the heirs of salvation. There are angels on the job. Get them, guys! Amen. I mean, declare, bring it into the realm of thanksgiving to the Lord. Amen? Now... I have to quit. I don't have time to do the last two. So we'll cover that on the next Tuesday night. Amen? Hallelujah. Father, tonight I thank you for your word. I thank you for truth. Father, we thank you for the power, the creative power you've given to us in our words. Lord Jesus, we accept that invitation to abide in you. You said if we abide in you and you abide in us and your word abides in us, then we can speak and believe. We can ask and believe to receive. So, Father, tonight we thank you for your promise. We thank you that you're the vine dresser. We give you permission by the Holy Spirit to be that great pruner of our life. Father, come and prune us so that we can bear more fruit. So that you could be glorified through our life. Use us for your glory. We choose to live for you. To honor you. And Lord help us. Holy Spirit be our reminder. You're the paraclete. The helper. The one who comes alongside. You're the teacher. You're the one who leads and guides us into all truth. So teach us how to speak and to walk wisely. Help us to be aware. Help us to take it seriously. The words that come out of our mouth. And Lord help us to remember. You hear the words. As Jeremiah said, you hear and you know the words that have come out of my mouth. And let us be like David. Father, tonight we ask you, as he prayed in Psalms 141, set a guard and a watch over our mouth and over our lip that we would speak right things, that we would speak life, so that as you create the fruit of our lips, you create life. And Lord, let our words and let our lips, the lips and the words of the righteousness, let them feed many. In Jesus' name. Everybody said?